0: Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling and Six Wind Media as we bring you the best SummerSlam bracket. This is the biggest podcast event of the summer because we're going into the biggest wrestling event of the summer. And of course, I'm joined with Chris and Matt from Six Wind Media. Guys, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well, and I'm excited as we were talking before recording that this SummerSlam coming up may be one of the best SummerSlams of all time. It's got that
1: potential. They uh as of right now we're recording um this past smackdown i was a little bummed that la Knight didn't make his way into that united states title so i'm really hoping we get to see la Knight because i just want to experience that reaction live uh because he is just the fastest growing star i can remember probably since daniel bryan pre-wrestlemania 30 he's he's just crushing it right now but other than, other than L.A. Knight getting snobbed, hopeful that they do push him, but I, it's going to be a good card for sure.
2: Can I quickly derail with a question for both of you about Mr. L.A. Knight? Yeah. As of right now, if, let's say, Roman Reigns retains, Solo stays healed, nothing like that, who would you rather position between these two as the next like top base challenger, Cody or L.A. Knight?
0: Are you feeling the L.A. Knight train more than Cody right now?
1: I'll let you take that one first.
0: Well, Matt, I like both gentlemen. I've seen them outside of the WWE environment. They are talented wrestlers. My fear, Matt, is the higher-ups in WWE may not see either as good candidates to face Roman. I feel like Cody may be the better of the two options in the eyes of the higher-ups at WWE, but my heart would go, yeah if you put L.A. Knight versus Roman in a match. But I got to fear, if you do, he's going to lose that and Roman's just going to steamroll through him.
2: Yeah, I could I could see that being like the match where we all think like, ah, oh, here they are. They're going to like give us, you know, a fan favorite and like pull the trigger while he's hot and they don't. And then he kind of cools off and he's Damian Sandow for the rest of his career.
1: <laughs> or Zach Ryder or Rusev Daniel. Or the list goes on
2: yeah so maybe you don't maybe you don't want either of those guys yet until they're you know more built and uh steady. I think Cody's kind of probably uh you know bulletproof in terms of like booking like even if he lost Roman again, I think he'd still be a big uh get big uh baby face pops and
0: things like that but yeah well so, so we're looking at this card real fast Matt well, I'll throw a question to you guys. are you excited to see a third in a trilogy a matches when you've brought? Freaking Lesnar and Cody Rhodes.
1: I would like for them to add some sort of stipulation or at least tell us why, damn it. <laughs> tell us why these guys are feuding. That seems to be the recurring thing. Um, I'm not, that's probably not in the top five matches that I'm most excited for. Honestly, the, the thing I'm most excited about that match is just having everybody at Ford Field go, whoa during Coley's theme <laughs> but the match itself unless they add some kind of uh spicy stipulation
2: yeah I'd, I'd like to see something unique about it because this it, you know this has to close out their their feud they it, it can't keep going and I think what WWE sometimes doesn't do as much and what I think I've seen other promotions sometimes do is like as a way to wrap up a feud so that like there's no reason there's like less of a reason for a rematch like cody wins and his new like challenger somebody just attacks him after the match whoever his new feud's going to be a returning randy orton or something and cody randy with history i don't know it just sets it up you don't we don't have to worry about do we book lesnar you know what's lesnar gonna do he's mad about losing like wwe doesn't always do a good job of like ending feuds and getting guys into new places. And so then they're like, well, I guess the only thing is another Lesnar rematch. He would be mad that he lost. Yeah. So as long as they wrap it up cleanly and and let Cody move
0: on to something else, I think that would be for the best. I'm with you guys. I do not want to see Cody versus Brock 4. No, no, thank you. Okay, before we get started with our bracket, I do have a little bit of a trivia question for you. Oh, no. Hey, I'm gonna make it simple for everybody. It's true or false. Barry Horowitz has a victory at SummerSlam. True or false? Bruno. Well,
2: now it, it this so one of us gets it right, I should say false. I was going to say false, though, so I'm going to say false. I don't remember seeing him on... don't remember seeing him. Okay,
0: ladies and gentlemen, the answer to this question is true. Chris is right. It's 1995, and it's Barry Horowitz versus Skip, a.k.a. Chris Candino. Oh, wow. Wow. That's going way back to the mid-90s.
1: I just took a stab. And I just took a shot in dar. dark. I don't remember the
0: match. It has a kind of crazy finish where they have the WWE Ibushi. I forget the gentleman who played the character of Ibushi. It's the gentleman of all the, the Japanese writing over his body. He comes out. He distracts Candido and Barry Horowitz gets the roll-up pin and another victory over Chris Candido. Interesting. Okay. And it almost made my list. And. Uh, until I thought, I'll just make it an honorable mention and a trivia question for you guys. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad it got shouted
2: out there. Yeah, clearly it, it didn't make ours because then we would have both got that answer, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start off with my one versus eight matchup. And if I didn't pick my number one match of all time for SummerSlam, I wouldn't have a co-host on this show regularly because David's from England. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Wembley Stadium, 1992. It's the Intercontinental Title match. It's the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. And if you know the story behind the match, it makes the match even more impressive because Bret led Davey Boy through this match as Davey was not having the best day ever. Oh wow! What were? Where,
2: is it just kind of like did that? Is that backstage story kind of just like it was? It was rough for him,
0: or are there like specific things that like they've talked about? Okay, so you don't know the story, Matt. I don't going into this weekend in England. Brett and Debbie were supposed to have a meeting to go through the match. When they were over in England, Brett couldn't find Debbie. He was hanging out with, like, the Road Warriors. They were having, like, a good old time party, party, party. Mm -hmm. So this match, if you watch closely, Brett is feeding the next set of moves to Debbie as they're having the match. And still, it's one of the best matches in wrestling. That's solid. So he was halfway in the bag, and Brett still got a good match out of him. (laughs) True. Very true, Chris. Now, I'm putting that match up against one of my kind of personal favorites, and it may not be one of the eight best matches in SummerSlam history, but I'm going back to 2015. It's Stephen Amell with Neville, who we know as Pac in AEW, versus Stardust slash Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett. And before we had Logan Paul, before we had Bad Bunny, Stephen Mill set the center for like actors slash celebrity being in a wrestling match. I agree. That
1: was, a, that was a really fun round.
0: And guys, I can't wait to see who our listeners pick between these two. I got a feeling my eight ain't going to eight gonna last that long. I got a feeling that number one's going to carry the day here. But still, Stephen Mill in a wrestling ring with Cody. It was fun. And it happened before they went under their independent tour. So gentlemen, What is your one-eight matchup, Matt?
1: I think they're both. I think they're both yours. I think Matt had five selections and I had three, so we didn't divide them in half. Matt's matches typically do better in the pool.
2: (laughs) So our number one is a little bit kind of based on the fact that these two, at least when when we were thinking about it, didn't face off. Quite as many times as we thought, and are two of the most just noticeable WWE legends of all time. And so our number one, and let me get the year right because I wrote it down and then I don't have it. Uh is uh Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, the main event in SummerSlam ninety eight. Ooh. Um, and just having those two guys in the ring. It was a pretty solid match. Uh, but at high profile pay per views, I don't know how many times I'm gonna be interested, like how many high profile pay per views do they ever main bent against one another at i can't think as many um i just don't feel like their paths crossed that much so i think having these two legends at a really big high profile main event is why you put at one even though it might not be the best
0: overall wrestled match i feel you Matt. yeah i I got a feeling that with austin breaking his neck during this time period there's a big gap there where he was basically missing from tv you're right yeah and when he came back I got a feeling that the Undertaker and him were on the same side of the babyface hill coin. So they never really had like that epic matchup where always oh, Brent Hart stone Cold Steve Austin. For sure. Yeah, that might yeah, that may
2: explain it. Uh yeah, you're probably right on that one. But we also have a really fun match for our number eight. Uh this one is also not a wrestling clinic, but this is a Vince Powerhouse Clinic. And when it was like scheduled and booked, you're kind of looking at it like, uh, this is this is going to be one of those just like big slow matches, but it turned into a really fun one. And I think it's a great match. It's the uh, 2017 Fatal 4-Way with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, and Samoa Joe. And they all just got to power move, bash each other. A lot of great false finishes. I honestly think this might be like my subjective favorite match out of our eight because it's so fun to watch these guys just, smash into each other and stroman going for drop kicks and I I think they really underutilized Samoa Joe when they had him I thought he was incredible he still is incredible but the kind of aggression and just like seriousness that you take him with is like the same level of Lesnar like when Lesnar comes out you're like this guy is an actual like you know ass kicker and Samoa Joe just does that so well too and plays that role so uh this was a really fun match and I don't know I don't think it'll it probably will not win, but I wouldn't be sad if it did pull the big
0: uh, surprising upset. You know, Matt, I agree with you. And I feel like with Samela Joe, he fell victim to a lot of talent who came through NXT during that time period where they were super hot in NXT and we we're all wanting to support him. And we are looking at him going like, hi, WWE, you have Samela freaking Joe on your roster. He's a badass. Put him into the main roster. He should be up there in that top tier. But for some freaking reason, they didn't see it. Yeah. Now, I love him on commentary in WWE for the time he was doing commentary. He was freaking awesome at that as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. I remember one promo. I don't remember if this was the match
1: that he had the promo with Lesnar. Cause there's that classic one where I think it was a, I think they were building to the chamber or some six way match. And he just like roasted everybody and didn't great. But there was one time where, He was talking to Lesnar, and nobody really pushed the envelope with Lesnar, but he was talking at Lesnar, and he said something like, hey, you look at me when I'm talking to you. And it's like, damn, lady, like, he's right there on that same level of, like, badassery. And just, like, you really think they could go out there and kill someone as a Brock Lesnar? So as as quick as his run was and, like, how underutilized he was, there were still, like, I felt glimmers of brilliance with with him and WWE.
0: You know, guys, I got a feeling if Triple H had more power in WWE during that time, and still to this day, we may not have Samoa Joe in AEW. I feel like Samoa Joe would be comfortably in WWE and probably position the way we want them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm going to move over to our two versus, like you guys, it may not be two of the classic Henry matches, but I feel like there are two matches that were highly entertaining at for their time my number two seated match is going to be the Hell in a Cell from 2008. It's the Undertaker as Vicky Guerrero brings him back from suspension to lay waste to her quote-unquote husband, Edge. <laughs> okay, so I feel like the best spot of this match is actually after the actual pinfall as the Undertaker does win this match. Spoiler alert here. And we see... Undertaker grabbed a ladder, and you're going, like, what in the hell is Undertaker going to do with a ladder? This guy doesn't do that many high spots. And he literally climbs the ladder with Edge and chokes them through the freaking ring. <laughs> it's the boiler room brawl match. It's main Mankind versus the Undertaker, and this is where Paul Ferrer first turns on the Undertaker and sides with Mankind. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I...
2: I would, I don't know what it was, but I loved, like, the Boiler Room Brawls and, like, backstage matches back then. They were some of my favorites. I don't feel like they they don't do them very much at all anymore. But even in, like, the last 10 or so years when they, like, reinvented the hardcore 24-7 title, like, it's just been too silly and goofy. Like, the old school, like, backstage matches and Boiler Room Brawls were, like, I don't know. Maybe I was younger and I'm misremembering, but I loved them. So I, I love this choice.
0: You know, Matt, I feel like you're right. I feel like it was a more believable backstage kind of, of a fight because really it starts out as a fight and it leads into the ring where you actually have the wrestling match. Yeah.
1: i got to go back and watch it because I remember it when it first came out, but I don't think that's one that I rewatched since it happened all those years ago. So I need to go back and give that a watch, but I big remember the Paul Bear heel turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just something else.
0: And for you guys watching this match, look at the monitors they have set up for the fans in the front row. They have like these 1980s TVs set up. There's two massive 1980s looking TVs on either side of the ring. And I just noticed it like the second time I watched the match. I'm going like, we come a long way of technology. <laughs> for sure. It definitely was
2: a match. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time when we were here or if I mentioned it with Chris before, but the Boiler Room Brawl is like very much inspired uh me like doing fake matches with my friends like before bas like away basketball games and we were like in the other team's locker rooms <laughs> in like fourth and fifth grade like let's have a match and like hit each other with like the locker doors and stuff and then our coaches would come and be like you guys have a game what are you doing like we're wrestlers
0: we don't want to be basketball players <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's one of probably my favorite matches from the year 1996 mm-hmm. and it it around. Wow. Definitely. um
1: yeah, I was so, I mean, I was a product of pro wrestling and jackass. So we we just dove off so many stupid things and broke so many things in school. Man, I was telling you the one time when I had a girl, I think it was like sixth grade. I had this girlfriend who, whatever, she played soccer and she like sprayed her ankle. So she showed <laughs> up to school on crutches. And so me and my buddy were having this like face, fake wrestling match in the hall. She was around. I grabbed one of her crutches put it across his body that was, like, on the ground, jumped on the crutch, the crutch snapped, and then, of course, I covered him for the one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> we know what we're doing for our seven, because we were trying to rearrange them to get some good matchups. So our two, this might be our, yeah, this might be our best um, from, like, a technical standpoint match at our two. So we wanted to balance with, like, one kind of, like, A popular match between some superstars. And two, we wanted to kind of get that, like, technical, really well-wrestled match. 1994, Steel Cage, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Another Bret Hart. Maybe not as well-wrestled as the one versus British Bulldog, but obviously had that uh, brother animosity. But Davey Boy Smith, wasn't he somehow related to the Hart family? Isn't he, like, a cousin? Or is that storyline or something? Uh, The British Bulldog was married into the family uh okay brother-in-law then there we go right on all right but we're going with our number two red Hard versus owen hard brother versus brother and then for our number seven chris do you want to talk about this one because this was one of your picks
1: our number seven was from SummerSlam 2013 we cm punk versus barack lesnar gosh we have lesnar on two of these matches didn't do that by design um it was coming, you know. Punk had already had his four hundred and I think thirty-four day reign. Uh, wrestled Taker, and then Hayman flipped on him. Joined up with Lesnar, so we were seeing Punk come in as a babyface for the first time in a in a while. And I just rewatched the match recently to make sure it was as good as I remember it. And sure enough, it was. There was tons of back and forth. I want to say it was a no disqualification match, um, but they just beat the living hell out of each other. <laughs> All the false finishes uh, made it super entertaining to watch. And, you know, it was Punk's kind of last year in in WWE. And and we're going with that as a number seven.
0: You know, Chris, I feel like that match may be underseated just a little bit. I kind of remember that view there. And that reign that CM Punk had over like 400 days, him and Paul Heyman were just so freaking entertaining. We did
2: drop it in seating to make some matchups that we thought would be better balanced. Uh, we, for one reason, we didn't want it going up against a very similar match that Chris also picked, or at least kind of around, around the same, maybe SummerSlam even. And then our our four five is kind of a, a a good balanced match, so we had to kind of drop it to seven. And we think uh, this will this will. Um, prove to Bret Hart once and for all if people like um his,
0: his technical skills in wrestling or
2: if they just like superstars.
0: So sorry, Bret. You know, it's a crying shame. That's one match we'll never get is Bret Hart versus CM Punk. Well,
2: they're doing a lot of Owen Hart stuff in AEW. And I mean, for Owen Hart reasons, not to call Bret Hart and try to get him to do a match or anything, but it's, it's close enough. You never know when Punk decides, hey, maybe it'd be cool to get a match and I call them, you know, we do this Owen Hart invitational, and I say, Owen oh, was a better wrestler than Brett ever was. He could never beat me, something like that. Who knows? I don't I don't know. Classic Phil. I like it.
0: Yeah, you know, if they could pull it off and Brett would be okay, like, health-wise afterwards, I would be all for it, because it yeah. would be, you know, for us diehard wrestling fans, it wouldn't have to be a Mac classic. It's just a fact that we get that opening segment where they're in the ring, they're staring at each other, and we're going, oh, my beat, they're doing this.
2: Yeah, and past his prime, obviously, Bret Hart isn't the, the big, you know, draw that it would be against CM Pong and we can only imagine in their primes what they'd do, but yeah, just for just for seeing it might be cool. You never know.
0: True. Never say never. Yep. Okay, so we're going back over to my side of the bracket. We're going back to 2002, and I'm going to the unsanctioned match between a returning Shawn Michaels who gets betrayed by his best friend, Triple H. I love that match. Yeah. I do too, Chris. And I remember there's a time between Shawn Michaels' injury from that casket match with The Undertaker to this point, I was thinking we'll never see him back in a ring. And we get this, and I'm going, thank you for this one match. I'm happy you had one match. But this basically springboards a second chapter to Shawn Michaels' career. And I'm going to put that up against probably one of the best two-generation matchups. It's from... Yeah, and I think you could argue Shawn Michaels' second run was just
1: as good, if not better, than his first. That's a topic for another video.
0: And Chris, I'm with you. I feel like his second run was way better than his first. So going back to my other matchup, we're going back to SummerSlam 2019 as I give you Trish Stratus and her hometown versus a second-generation talent and chart-breaking flair. Nice. I actually,
2: you know what? It, I can't believe Trish wrestled just four years ago because it, the way that she came back now, it seems like she's been gone since her original run. But yeah, she came back for a bit. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. And she was great in that uh, short run. And in that match with Charlotte. But yeah, I, I'm i fine forgetting that that happened for now. So that it seems like she's been gone since like the early 2000s. <laughs> you
0: know, you know, Matt and Chris, you just saw her back at Money in the Bank. And oh my word, what kind of bumps was she taking in this match? She was a trooper in that match. She was the star of that match. I was going to ask really quick. Do you have from that,
2: from like the Trish Stratus era of like women's wrestlers. Did you have a, f- a favorite women's wrestler? Would Trisha have been your like favorite for just like what she did in the ring, her her character and like how she portrayed it, or was there anybody that you liked more?
0: Okay, so her starting out in the early two thousands. Yes, okay. She's freaking good looking. But that to the side for one second. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed I wanna say the journey of her in the ring and as you watch her year after year getting better and better until she literally built herself into being one of the best talents in the women division of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... for sure. Now, personally, me, my favorite during that time period, wasn't the best wrestler of that generation? It's one Maria Canella Bennett. Oh, yeah, I loved Maria. She was adorable. <laughs> but in ring, yes, Trish is like the standard bearer. She's the gold standard of... WWE Modern Professional Women Wrestling. And I will die on that heel. Ooh. So, gentlemen, what is your matchup? We know our
2: three. Our six here is something that I don't know if we landed on. We're just going to pick one of the ones. We're going to pull it out of uh You go with uh, you go with three, and I'll, I'll figure out our six. Three is another match from actually the same year as our seven. It's a really confusing. But um, Chris was uh, in on this one, and it's 2013, right?
1: Had uh, given Daniel Bryan a shot because he was starting to get over like crazy. So he offered him a chance. They had like a really clean, I want to say babyface baby babyface baby match, but Cena was getting booted out of the building like he, <laughs> at that time. But he was still Mr. Hustle, loyalty, respect. Um, Daniel Bryan, and spoiler alert, it's 10 years ago, uh, one clean. Yeah, And the cash in came after the match when Ray Orton came out. Triple H turned on Brian because Triple H was special guest referee. Triple H booted Daniel Bryan. Everyone was like, well, how did I just go in? Pedigree, Orton, like, cashed in, and, and then he became a champion. And that set up between SummerSlam 2023 and WrestleMania 30, that became like Daniel Bryan is now facing the authority because he's the B plus player and
0: whatever. I remember that now clearly because I can see that happening where Triple H basically at the end of that match nails that pedigree. Oh, look, it's Randy Orton and he becomes the quote unquote authority champion. And we get, um, authority Kane as their sidekick. <laughs>
2: <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, no, corporate, yeah. Kane.
0: corporate Kane. Uh... Uh, yeah, the six.
1: Pulling this one out of my behind. Um, Sean, go easy on me. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar last year, SummerSlam 2020. It was just a fun match. Sure, we watched them wrestle 37,824 other times. Um, but what I thought was cool about last year's SummerSlam is it felt different. It just felt like Vince is gone. And there's a new person in charge. Just with all the returns. And the the SummerSlam in itself, it felt new and fresh. And it was a genuinely good show. And then um, it was just a brawl. It was the last man standing match. Lesnar came out and he lifted the ring with a forklift. Never seen that before. And it was just a really fun match. And then Reigns ended up winning. And I think that was their last match that they had. Because there was that stipulation going in where Lesnar could never champ again so there was that, uh, so just a combination of just a very refreshing feeling, SummerSlam Plus, that was the
2: main event. Uh, I had a lot of fun, and hey, I'm sticking to it. Yeah, was that to Unify, too? Were they both separate champions at the time, and they unified? Good. No, the Unification match was at WrestleMania. Mania, okay. Uh, Unification was at WrestleMania 38.
0: Yeah, right on. I remember this match, Chris, and no, I'm not going to give you no grief whatsoever because I love this freaking match, and I know diehard professional wrestling fans who love and ring skill is going to scream at us right now, (laughs) but you get to see Brock, freaking Razor, Country Hoss drive a tractor (laughs) through the middle of the fans at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, and that moment. I was kicking myself in the butt because I should have gone and got me a ticket and went three hours over to Nashville to see this freaking live. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh man. But good choice, Chris. I love that. I just love that match. Just for the reason you see Brought Lesser used a treasure, and you'll probably never see that again in Professor Wrestling, but it fit his character so well. Okay, guys. My last matchup I can present to you is my four versus five. And Yes, I'll go ahead and admit I'm a Bret Hart fanatic, and yes, I'm doing another Bret Hart match in this series here. But it's not the four; it's the five, <laughs> and I'll go into 1991. To my knowledge, I think it's Bret Hart's first win of the IC title as he takes it off the hands of Mister Perfect. Oh, nice! And I just watched that match last night. And if you like in-ring solid professional wrestling where the work rate is your thing. 1991 Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. There you go.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, maybe i like, may have seen it a long time ago, but I haven't seen it recently. But you can just say those two names and you know you're getting a really quality in.
0: And as much as we were talking about Samela Joe being misused in the WWE, Kurt Heaney, Mr. Perfect came through an era where there's a lot of talent like him that should have been WWE champion. And they didn't, and they made the IC title, the workhorse title, and most Mm -hmm. times the IC title match was the better of the two matches. Yeah. Okay, so my actual four seed, I'm going to another CM Punk getting kind of screwed match as I'm going to 2011. We're going to close the chapter on the Summer of Punk because he's back. He didn't get his ice cream bars, but he's going to unify the title against John Cena Mm. And guess what? It's Triple H and another special guest referee. Of course, he's going to call it right down the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince wasn't telling him, get me my titles. <laughs> Put them on John. <laughs> now, this match had a inning where CM I won the match. He left as the champion for all about maybe a minute and a half and there's a prolonged celebration with him and Triple H. So you got, oh, angle alert. Angel alert. Yep. and here comes out alberto del rio and he cashes in on sam punk to kind of set up the next part of it where kevin freaking nash of all people oh god and sam punk <laughs> texts his sister oh my god he's still alive it's kevin freaking nash it's <laughs> air bombed so chris and matt what is your four vibe mashup yeah, these these
2: numbers are interchangeable, but uh, we thought this would be a cool matchup because one of them had a sequel, I think just the WrestleMania later, um, which has some of the more memorable moments, but this was the first match of its kind. And one of them, this was the sequel to a match that was the first of its kind. So we're doing the sequel to HBK Razor Ramon ladder match number 2 at SummerSlam. And so this was after such an amazing ladder match. I think this was a, not like just a few months later. I think this was another year or two later. Um the the story was that they needed something to like have a big attraction at this SummerSlam and they're like, "Hey, remember that ladder match? We should book it again." Probably you work your very first one you're figuring out what you can do. And so this one, what they were able to do some new things, plot some new tricks and stuff like that. So some people say it's just as good as the first one, even though that one's of course, incredibly memorable for being the first ladder match of its kind. Um, I'm pretty sure. Right. I maybe they've done ladder matches and other promotions, but I think it was the first WWF one. And I don't want to say that because there's somebody out there that's like, "Mm, they did it in, in like Mexico or Japan before. Um, So we're going to have that as our number four going up against the very, I believe it's the very first at least triple threat tables, ladders, and chairs tag team match. It was the Dudleys, Hardys, Christian, and Edge, which was the first one. Not as memorable as the spear off the ladder at WrestleMania just a few months later, but um, the one that kind of brought those kind of matches to people's minds and they wanted to see even more. So we're going to see
0: ladder match. TLC match. What do you like more? Ooh, I love your four versus five mashup. <laughs> it, okay, your Shawn Michaels versus Racer match almost became on my side of the bracket because I was <laughs> watching a lot of 1990s summer Slams while I was making my bracket out, and I went and watched this match for one reason. I was thinking, oh, they did it again at a SummerSlam, and I watched it, and to me, Matt, it is as good as the first one, and I feel like they did a little bit different stuff in the second one. Yeah, and now, granted, we're about 30 years removed from both matches, and we have seen so many different ladder matches, and younger wrestling fans may not enjoy these two because you don't get all the high-flying the ladder stuff. It's more of, oh, hey, let me use this as a weapon to get my opponent to a point where I can unhook these titles above me because the titles are important. Yeah,
2: <laughs> not the spots. Oh, I, I forgot about the titles, but I'm going to jump off this ladder and do
0: a cool flip. Exactly. In your second match, the first ever TLC tag team match, that must, it's going to be one of those iconic moments that all wrestling fans of the 2000s will quote anybody. It's like, you need to see this. If you're not a wrestling fan, this is your entry point. These three teams, this gold falls to the wall. So, Chris and Matt, do you have a favorite out of yours that may make it to the final and be the champion? I don't know. I think... I think these two got a good shot for some weird reason.
1: Maybe it's recency bias, but I could see Reigns-Lesnar making it to the finals just because it's so fresh in everyone's minds. It was just a year ago. I almost cheated and picked a match that hasn't happened yet. Like (laughs) Reigns versus Jey Uso or
2: something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my pick is going to be Reigns-Lesnar. How about you, Matt? I know this one will not win, but I said it when we revealed our first one. I think my favorite match out of all these that just makes me smile and laugh is the Fatal Four Way. Just those big guys running around and being like, this yeah. is so much like what wrestling purists don't like." And me personally, it's not like a match that I usually like. I love kind of the mid card or like upper mid card guys. I love the HBKs and and I almost called him Sean Rollins, Seth Rollins. Um, like those are the kind of guys that have some strength but do some high flying stuff and really unique moves. I'm never one for like four big guys running around just power moves, but this is pulled off so well. And I love it. It makes me laugh. It won't win, but you know, I'm, I'm going to sneak, I'm going to create a bunch of fake accounts and vote for it a
0: lot. <laughs> you know, I always consider wrestling like pizza. There's so many different ways you can prepare a pizza. There's are so different styles. Everybody has their own style. Everybody has their favorite toppings. And Matt, I'm like you. Most times, I enjoy in rain, good skills. Oh, hi. Every Brit Hart, Shawn Michaels match I have listened in the two shows we've done. <laughs> but I'm with you. These four guys, you just look at it, It's a fight that you want to see. If you were in a bar that's watching four big hosses decide, hell, we're going to break this place up. As long as I don't get into the fight, I'm cool with it. Yeah, for sure. How about
2: on your side? What are you pulling for? Or what do you think is going to uh, come away with the win over there?
0: If, <laughs> if David is listening, oh, hi, 1992, Bret Hart, Hart versus British Bulldog, all the way, 100%, I'm going to create a million fake bots to make sure this happens. Yeah, I, I pick that one too. Let David know. We, uh, we all agree. That's the best one. But if I could do my own and have, like, my old, little secret favorite one that I would try to do the same thing to, I would pick the unsanctioned match between oh. HBK and Triple H because I feel like the betrayal there leading into that match was good storytelling. And for me, being at the age I was in my probably early 20s, to seeing Shawn Michaels back, thinking I never get to see another Shawn Michaels match, I was perfectly happy. And then I got a whole second chapter <laughs> to Shawn Michaels. So that's my favorite match from SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah, right on. So before we let you two guys go, you guys have been doing the worst thing ever to happen, you bracket. And (laughs) let me tell you, there's some real doozies in this. If you haven't been over on Instagram for six win media, can you bring us up to speed for a second?
1: Yeah. So we always try to, I mean, we've been doing a lot of um, like pop culture ones. If we did best actor, we did best wrestler, we did best TV show. And then we, you know, kind of started to out of the box. And I just, we were just like, what, what, I think it started with just, like, riffing about pet peeves. Like, what bugs Zoo? And then we're like, we could do worse things. And so we did the, uh, plus our animal one, we did the most badass animal one, uh, which, spoiler alert, Grey White Shark. I'll say it here. Grey White Shark won the most BA animal. Um, but, yeah, we just, we needed a new idea. So we, we thought this one would be a lot of fun. And we had a you know, heck of a time actually building the bracket. Uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, it's there's a lot of funny stuff on there.
0: So if you could go back and build this bracket of the worst things ever, would like keyboard warrior wrestling fan make it into your bracket somehow?
2: This this is something that we kind of talked about either while I was while we were drafting or after we I was like maybe like internet because tr- I think we ended up picking spam or and then we changed it to just like ads in general. because like what nobody calls it spam anymore, nobody gets spam, but it was kind of along the lines of like also like internet trolls i was like oh that one's pretty annoying and i i think we would have probably we we kind of yeah just got on and and started <laughs> listing some things and the things fell where they may but yeah i would have probably like snuck like internet
0: trolls on there so not not a bad one true i wish i could have thought of it before our recording here because i I would have mentioned that to you guys like oh hey this is one of the worst things you get to slide into your bracket Now, for our bracket, we're releasing. Once you get done listening to this show today, go over to Six Win Media, go over to Radio Free PW on Instagram and Twitter. You can vote for the first round of matches. You have to Friday to vote for the first round. On Saturday, I will record an episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I'll update the brackets for you, and you can vote for the Elite Eight matches, swing it back around to the following Monday where we'll have another Radio Free Professional Wrestling where I'll update their brackets. Chris, Matt, it's always great to have Six win Media on our show. is this has been one of my favorite friendship partnerships I have created with Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And I can't wait to see how much you guys enjoy SummerSlam. Go enjoy the show. Heck yeah. Thank
2: you. It's been great uh joining you on Radio Free Pro Wrestling broadcast uh podcast show. And uh thanks again for having us. And yeah, we'll be around.